Hello and welcome to the Parenting Tools podcast with me, Jason. And me, Jordan. This is the podcast where two parenting tools talk about our lives and our livelihoods and our struggles <laughs> as, as dads. And for the first time, we are remote. Zoom, baby. Feels weird. <laughs> Feels very strange. Feels very weird. I don't like it. I've got to be honest. I, I don't know how people work from home and have Zoom meetings all the time. It's just the, so, so intangible. I mean, I love working from home. It's just the intangibleness of not being with people. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to, hard to read body language when you can only see from the nipple up. <laughs> it's a lot more freeing in the uh, trouser department. <laughs> Please don't stand up. <laughs> Jason, I uh, I owe you a thank you. Oh, because oh. you recommended to me uh, "Welcome to Wrexham." Oh, come on! And uh, eagle-eared listeners would have heard <laughs> me messing up at the end of last episode talking about "Welcome to Wrexham." <laughs> <laughs> but I've watched it, and I I don't like it. I love it. To quote Simon Cal. Oh, it's. I mean, firstly, let's just let's just clear up for those of you who listened to last week's episode early. You are early bird. Uh, so we record this podcast usually on a Wednesday before the Friday it comes out. I happened to be in Centre Parks on uh, last Thursday when I remembered, just as we were getting back to the lodge late in the evening, and I went to um, I haven't finished the podcast for Friday for tomorrow. <laughs> And so whilst at Centre Parks, trying to tether from my phone, uploading the uh, the podcast, uh, and also on top of that, having a child who didn't want to sleep and was having a meltdown. Um, that's why we ended up with uh, many mentions for the Wrexham, but I'm glad you got there. If anything, <laughs> I'm loving it. Yeah. And on that note, if you do watch on YouTube, we apologize for last week's episode being a bit late. As Jason mentioned, he didn't have a good connection and we just couldn't upload it. And upload eight gigabytes via my phone. Doesn't really work. It doesn't work. But yeah, welcome to Rexham. I'm I'm really enjoying it. And that chap that you mentioned with the kids and his his oh. missus leaving. What a funny guy. Funny, but isn't it emotional? Yeah, you can tell oh, that my he's word. You can tell that he is heartbroken and devastated, but is just maintaining not saving face, that's not the right word, but he's maintaining a positive outlook. And to hear him say, you know, my kid is eight, is 18, is eight years old and I've never spent time away from him. And now I only see him half of the week was, was heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Yeah, completely. And one thing that I noticed um, when we were watching the last episode, who, who's the guys that own it? It's, it's Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. Rob McElhenney. Every single time it cuts to a video of him in his house, he's with his son. Yeah. And it's almost like he's doing this project along with his son. And I just thought that was really, really cool. Like he's yeah. taking his teenage son along with it. And like they're playing FIFA together as the terrible football team. But all these behind the scenes shots are happening while he's, whilst he's around his family. And I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah. Also, him and his family visited Sheffield the other week. So just shout out. Did they? They did. I saw it on a random picture on Reddit. You're not fancy tracking them down? <laughs> thought that'd be a bit creepy, do you not think? We should go to a Wrexham game. I'm down. Parents and tools pot away <laughs> at Wrexham. Oh, uh, Jordan, well, so how's, how's your week been, Jordan? What's happened? So 
what has happened? So my little boy is is decided he doesn't want to sleep through the night anymore. <laughs> oh, so, is that one of those decisions? That's fun. Um, it's absolutely ruining me. It's just so tiring, isn't it? I've, I'd, I've kind of forgotten how bad it can be because we had a few weeks of really good sleep with both of them. Oh. Um, but yeah, he's just getting up at three o'clock, he's getting up at four o'clock, coming into our room and getting in bed with us. So what's, what's, the, what's the tactics here? Like, so if he's, he's waking up, at, you put him down at seven-ish? That's a complete guess there. So we, we have done a, a parenting first recently. We have got out a star chart. Come on. It's, well, it's a smiley face stamp that we put on it because he would never stay in his bed. He was always getting out of his bed every night. So we, we went for a, a star chart and he's get going to bed really well. He still gets out maybe once, twice at a push, but he was like four or five times before. Yeah. But the star chart has worked really well. And I think it was a friend of the podcast, Amber, that recommended that to me. I could be wrong. So thank you to Amber or whoever it was. And part of his star chart is to stay in his bed in the morning with the grow clock turning yeah. yellow. And it's like since then, he's just been waking up three o'clock, four o'clock. So you can't even say to him, you know, you're not staying in bed till morning because he's obviously waking up for a reason. And we're That's not quite, quite a few hours to go as well. Yeah. So we've, we've recently um, moved him to his new nursery. So we moved house in March and he had a six month old sister, sister at the time. And we thought moving him nursery would be too, like one too many changes for him. Mm. So we kept him in his old nursery and he's recently gone to his new nursery. And maybe it's that, maybe it's a bit of change that's, wow. that's coincided with that, even though he's really enjoying it and it's been a good experience for him the timing of it is quite coincidental that we've moved him and now he's not sleeping through. So just got to persevere with it. So what, what does he do most mornings? Is he, is he just up from three then just like awake? No. So he'll go back to, he'll go back to bed. If it's like half four, five, he'll tend to stay, stay up. And then I'll just go into his room. I'll open a curtain a little bit. So he's got a bit of light and I'll just let him play on the floor and I'll sleep in his bed. Um, but yeah, if it's before that time, he'll, he'll go back to sleep and then he'll sleep through till probably about half six. But it's it's broken sleep and it's hard work. <laughs> it is hard work. See, we've never really had proper good sleep literally mm. since Noah's born. And so we had about a week where she was sleeping through. And honestly, I felt like a new man. <laughs> She's back to, and she has been for the last few weeks, she wakes up <clears throat> anywhere between one and four and then she comes to sleep in our bed. Mm. And it's just like, that's the only way that we can get to sleep at the minute. Um, but we're also too tired to implement any other tactics. Yeah. Because like before we'd have persisted and put her back in, back in the bed and like constantly keep doing that every time she wakes up. Um, but we're just so tired now. It's just like, oh, just, just come in our bed. We can all sleep. And, and she'll sleep till like quarter to eight if we let her in our bed. Um but it's the unbroken sleep is so difficult to get used to. Um, but yeah. I've, I, I find myself, I've, I think I'm used to it now. So I've adjusted. Um, I'm just still operating at like 70% capacity. <laughs> it's hard. It is hard, but it's a lot of it's just trial and error and figuring out what's, what's causing it. And uh, we're just kind of tweaking his nap times at the minute, moving his bedtimes further forward. Cause we listened to a, 
the Happy Mom, Happy Baby podcast with Giovanna Fletcher. Yeah. And she had a sleep coach on. And this sleep coach said nine times out of 10, kids waking up early is because they're overtired. So their body's kind of not this. I can't remember what I think like the, the hormone or it's like cortisone or something. And your body needs that to push through like being okay. a light sleep to go back into a deep sleep. And if you're overtired, there's not enough of that to push you through. I could be, could be wrong, but it's something along those lines. So by getting their naps right in the day and getting their bedtime right, you give them everything they need to push through that lighter sleep yeah. as your body's preparing to wake up. It was really interesting. Um, I can't remember her name, but yeah, check out. If you just search <laughs> Giovanna Fletcher, sleep coach, I'm sure it'll be there somewhere. Because <laughs> we've, we've done a course. We've done a sleep training course. Yeah. Um, and that, that was one of the things that we noticed very early on because we just thought, now this is when Noah was like, before she was one, we thought we just had a psycho baby, mm. um, which was just going crazy. Turns out she was just overtired the whole time. Um, yeah. And then after doing the course, it was literally like we had a new child. Um, we didn't. She was the same child. But <laughs> but other than the, the sleep, is there anything eventful happened in the last week? Um, no. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. The, the star chart has been the big, the big addition. Now it's, I, we've, we've been talking about the star chart in our house. Uh, we've been uh, we've been going through old episodes of Super Nanny. You love Super Nanny. Oh, because we because we brought in the naughty step. We were like, we want to make sure that we're doing it right. And yeah. uh, oh man, those, Super Nanny is emotional. And to be fair, I'm finding everything emotional right now. Maybe it's just the lack of sleep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the star chart is next. Amazing. But one thing that um, we didn't kind of plan for with the star chart was we explained to him that, you know, we've got, I think we put three days and it was him doing good uh, brushing of his teeth in the evening, staying in his bed, and then in the morning, staying in till his clock goes yellow. And we threw the teeth and you might be thinking, that's quite a lot of hoops to jump through. He's really good at doing his teeth. So we put that on so he gets, he got one. Yeah. We wanted him to start off on a good note. So we put that on and we said to him, when you get, three days of all your stickers or your stamps, you'll get uh, a, he chose a bullseye or a Jesse from Toy Story. And we said, you'll get a bullseye or a Jesse. He said, if I get all of them, we said, yeah. So we put one on. He went, can't you do them all now? And we said, no, it's, you know, it's every day. Like in the morning, you'll get the stamp. When you've got them all, you'll get your, your bullseye or Jesse. He went, just do them now. And in his mind, he was thinking, you know, why can't I just have the stamps now? If that's what it takes, just put them on. So we had to hide the, the stamp from him. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's three days in a row. If he misses one day, does the whole thing start again? So I don't know, actually, because last night was the last night and he, he failed with staying in his bed and I was gutted. So he stayed in for 10 minutes and I was just about, because Leon was out, I was just about to text her and say he stayed in. And I heard his door and I was gutted. I thought, oh, like he's, he's undone it all. So that was last night. So today's a new night. I don't know what we're going to do. If we're just going to say, if you do it all, you can, or if he's got to start from square one, but uh, proper parenting, that isn't it? If you're, not, star if, chart. if you're not starting from square, what, square one, that's addition out a lot of toys there every three, three or four days. These Toy Story toys aren't cheap. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's a lot of money. 
Yeah, maybe we'll start again. Let's say I think when we do, we're going to set the bar really low. <laughs> You'll get a Kinder Egg. <laughs> well, they're expensive these days as well. Oh, Jace, oh, a- you um, you oh, mentioned. Sorry, I jumped in there. Do it, do it again. You, uh, this is a downside with Zoom. You mentioned recently that your daughter will be starting nursery in September, and we are now there. Yeah. So yesterday was her first day. Now, not first proper day. It was like a had to go and fill loads of forms in mm. and go with her. Um, we had planned. Um, Emma booked the morning off work, and I, I booked the morning off work, and so we were going to go together as a family and do it all. What actually happened was Tuesday morning, like four o'clock in the morning, Emma had been up all night, um, like with just really bad tummy pains, so much so where she ended up calling 111 and I told her to go to A&E. Wow. And so at four o'clock in the morning on the Tuesday, uh, Emma had to go to A&E. I had to stay at home with Noah and uh, she was in hospital all day Tuesday. And so I had to do the whole thing by myself. Now, that's not a, a pity party. I wish it was. <laughs> no, it's not ideal for first day that you've planned. Not not ideal, but also then I'm panicking because I'm like, I didn't actually have much of the information. It was all on M. She had all the information of where we had to be, what we had to do, what we had to take. And uh, now she was literally uncontactable. That was it. She was pretty much out of it most of the day. And so we just had to wing it. And, uh, you know, getting ready and like in the morning, Noah wakes up and she's like, where's, where's mummy gone? And I've had to go, oh, mummy's not feeling very well. She's in hospital. Um, and she goes, oh, give mummy a big kiss, make her feel better. And I'm like, oh. that's really sweet, but it's going to take more than that. <laughs> that's medically <laughs> a silly suggestion. <laughs> but like trying to talk through that and like help your child understand that, like, you know, and thankfully Noah's got like quite a good memory of hospitals. And so she understands and she was like, okay, let's crack on. We'll, we might see mummy later. We might not. Anyway, we get to nursery time and Noah's been brilliant all morning. And then I go, okay, Noah, it's time to go to nursery. Let's get, get your shoes on. And she just ignores me. I'm like, no, I know you can hear me because it's time to get your shoes on. And then she gets up silently and just walks to me. And just like, oh no, I can already feel this quite being quite difficult. Anyway, we walked around. The nursery was only around the corner, so we literally just walked, put on my shoulders. That was lovely. She was telling all the colours of the car. We got into the nursery, and literally as soon as we got in, she just stopped talking. Um, now my daughter like never stops talking. She is constant, and she was just silent and just clinging onto my leg, and. Uh, Literally had to crouch down and constantly look, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying here. Yeah. Today, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so how, how was she like in there? Was, did, did she kind of get any time away from you or were you together the whole time? So for the first 10 minutes, she literally didn't leave me. She didn't want to go play. Um, and then we took her outside. There's a little play area outside. And she went off and played for the, for the rest of kind of like 40 minutes that we were there. She was by mm. herself playing. But constantly, she kept coming back to me. Um, she enjoyed it while she was there. Uh, but when yeah. we got home, and even this morning when I dropped her off at uh, her nan's, on the way, she was like, Daddy will always come back to you. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and so like, we tried to explain and like let her know, like, you know, next week you're starting nursery properly. And it's like when mum and daddy go to work, we'll always be at home waiting for you to pick you up. 
and it's like you can see it like processing um but we're we're kind of like just preparing ourselves really just to have a an upset kind of mm. daughter she might love it after a few days yeah but it's now just like the emotional battle of we're leaving her there and then we're going to pick her up and she, she's only she's only going for two mornings a week so far so it's not loads um but still it's still quite emotional and uh yeah so it kind of went well still not as <laughs> looking forward to next week there's a big spanner in the works and em's all right now yeah she's she's home now she's still recovering um not really found out what it is but um she, she's doing much better and uh at least now i'm not the only one going we're gonna take you to nursery and leave you there yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh bless her Oh, bless her. So we, when we put our kids into to nursery, they were babies and they couldn't speak. So even if they were hating life, they couldn't tell us. <laughs> from, from, what, from what I've gathered, and like this seems to be the pattern, when you put them in a lot earlier, they just get used to it a lot quicker. Yeah. And it could be because they can't tell, but I, I think it's maybe because they're more like potatoes and they don't really know what's going on. Uh, and then it's just part of life then. The, the yeah. difficulty is because is our daughter's been looked after by either me my wife or my in-laws literally up until she's been two um so two full years of no one else but us mm. um not not necessarily out of choice but because that's what the, the the doctors recommended um and so it's like she's got used to just that being her life um and now she can comprehend she understands that's probably what's making it more difficult yeah um, and from 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 talking to people like we're expecting just her to be upset for the first term um, and then hoping it just clicks into place <laughs> i don't know what to yeah. do if it's still she's still upset but well they've we've got our, our nursery now um they've got this app called family oh and it's amazing they upload pictures of the kids they put uh, what they've eaten and how much they've eaten when they've gone to sleep and when they've woken up so the the first time i put we put our little girl in she is, I've said this before, very much a daddy's girl. And if I'm holding her, even sometimes I'll go to pass her to family members. She'll just cling on to me. So I passed her to the nursery. I don't know what they're called. Staff member. Yeah. Not teachers, are they? Teachers? I don't know. Passed her to the, the staff member that came to the door. And she went, no problem. Didn't cling on. And when I told my wife that, I said she didn't cling on. She was like, oh, it's incredible. The next week she did. Oh. She really clinged on to me. Clung on. Clinged on. And... I was a bit like, not upset, but I wasn't so like happy about it as I was the previous week. So I just went on this app. I thought, see what she's up to, look at some pictures of her, having a good time, seeing what she's eating. And that really helps me just kind of, she's all right. She's fine. Because you know they're going to be fine. And 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 that's the thing. you know it is. As soon as as like, as soon as she calms down, she's going to be fine. She's going to love it. She loves other children. She loves playing. She's going to be fine. It's just the, extra layer where she's like made it more emotional <laughs> you've just got a nine hour wait to yeah. find out if she's fine <laughs> yeah oh well sure today on the podcast we have a special guest we do have a special guest this week we've got dan blythe joining us who is the global director of youth alpha but before we speak to dan i've got a story that's coming oh come on from instagram so this has come from chris with a k I like the clarity there. Callum with one L and Chris with a K. This has come from Chris with a K, kicking cuff. And he put, 
my little boy, well, I started off with this. Of all the stories I could share with you, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so I knew it would be a good one when I saw that. <laughs> it says, my little boy just started to pat my leg and then rub his hands on mine like he wanted to hold hands. Him being three and not always being physically affectionate, I was very happy and grabbed his hands tightly. And then I realized that he had biscuit on his hand and he was trying to get it off. So his little boy is rubbing his hands and his legs. He thinks, oh, this is a nice moment. Turns out he's just rubbing his biscuit all over him. <laughs> then he says this. As this was 8 a.m., and I don't remember giving him a biscuit, I asked him where he got it. And before I finished asking him, he stood there with his hand outstretched to me. And now my hand covered two. And he gently said, it's poo, daddy. <laughs> My shorts that I was wearing to work were covered in poo, as was my hand. Happy Tuesday. Parent <laughs> <laughs> in life. That was a that took me on a journey there. Oh yeah. my! He went from here. This is amazing. Down to here, not so, and then down to the depth of this is disgusting. <laughs> so yeah. First thing in the morning. Nice way to start your Tuesday. Thank you, Chris, with a K. Appreciate oh, it. Amazing. If you were, uh, if, if listeners, if you have any stories that you'd like to share, please do get in touch on Instagram or TikTok at Parenting Tools Pod. Yeah. And if you want to send us an email, you can do parentingtoolspod at gmail.com. Last thing to mention, Jace, before we speak to Dan, we are on Radio Nottingham this week. So we are. It got, it got moved following the uh, death of the Queen, rightfully so. And we are now going on this week, this Sunday morning, 8 a.m., BBC Radio Nottingham, 25th of September. Oh, I'm a little bit nervous. Are you? Yeah. That's going to be great. Oh, it's going to be great. Make sure you tune in. If not, we're going to talk about it anyway on the podcast. Anyway, let's, uh, let's talk to Dan. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. So our very special guest this week, as mentioned, is Dan Blythe. Dan, welcome to the Parents and Tools podcast. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jason. Good to be with you, boys. So good to have you on. Dan, usually we start off thick and fast with a quick question of just who are you and what have you got? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm Dan Blythe, um, husband, and I've got two incredible boys, Knox, who's four years old, and Nico, who turned one years old today. Wow. Today. Oh, happy birthday. Today. Yeah. He's with the childminder. I'm sure he's having a big celebration there. <laughs> Have you got any, any plans outside of that? Yeah, well we, we had uh we had like presents and uh, a bit of a, a cake thing this morning and then we'll do something tonight. Not that he's aware of what's going on, and then we've <laughs> got a little party for him on Saturday. Superb, superb. So you've got two boys done. How is that? Because I've got one boy who's three. And he is just an atomic bomb of energy. 
how is it have you got two energetic boys or have you got one that's a bit more chilled than the other one yeah, I reckon they are both energetic. I mean, one is a bit more chilled, but that's just because he's one years old and he can't get anywhere. He's just like he's just like trying to hobble across the floor. He can't even crawl yet. Um, but I think as soon as he's walking, they're both going to be running around the place. Yeah, one year. That's a great age one. So my daughter's just turned one. She's just starting to walk, but she's got no teeth yet. Kind of, And it's all different around that age, isn't it? What's, what's yeah. your youngest up to? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got his teeth in, um, constantly dribbling. Um, he says, Dada, Mama, that's it. And, and he smiles at strangers a lot. Like any any stranger, it's like he's got this game where he looks at them to try and get them to smile. And then if he gets a smile off them, he's loving life. Superb. It's such a good age. Such a good age. And how are they together? Do they get on? Yeah, they do. Um, so Knox, the older one, who's four years old, is really sort of like looks after him. Um, and tries to like play with him but then as soon as he sees that Nico's getting too much of the attention like he'll do something to to get the attention back on him so this is like constant battle of like <laughs> protecting older brother but then it's not going to be all about him it has to be about Knox as well I love that what is uh, what what curious about your setup like do uh, four year old four years old is that when they start school I'm so oblivious to all of this you can tell uh, what's the setup who looks after them in the week all of that sort of stuff yeah, man, I was totally oblivious to all of this. Uh, I've always just been <laughs> learning on the go. So um, Knox did a year in preschool where he did have a uniform and stuff. And then now he's in um, reception in uh, in primary school. Um, and um, yeah, he's like, he's, you know, he's got teachers making new friends, um, uniform. And so it's like, it feels like massive step up for him. Um, but at the same time, when you give him this sort of extra authority and responsibility, he's really stepped up to the challenge. Like he puts his uniform on himself and like little things don't mean, mean to be too gross, but he has to learn to wipe on himself and stuff like that. He's stepping up in a good way. I can't wait for that day. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard the transition from uh, wet wipes to toilet paper is a bit of a shock. Yeah, yeah. And what about um, what about the younger one? Yeah, so I mean, Nico says like, um, what do you mean? Like, where does he go during the week? Yeah, so because so, you and your wife both, yeah, you and your wife both work in the week. I'm assuming. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're really fortunate. So our, our basic week um, involves uh, Monday. I drop Knox off school and Nico at childminder and then um charlie's mum comes up from southampton saves us monday night and tuesday night and she looks after nico on the tuesday does some school runs and stuff and then um on the thursday my mum comes up from brighton and does the day with me there um and then there's a childminder on the friday so we can only afford really three days of childminding for nico parents help the other days and uh we're really blessed to have them so all, all our friends who end up leaving London to go back to where their parents are because they've got kids. Like, totally understand why they do that because it's, it's, it can be really hard sometimes. Ah, oh, I completely get it. So we're, we're only just kind of putting our daughter into nursery. Literally yesterday was her first day. And uh, right. before that, me and my wife would take a day off a week to look after her. And then my mother-in-law would help. But now we're kind of in the territory of that. That's no longer the option. And so nursery yeah. is there. And like, I saw with Jordan the other day, like... It's so expensive. Um, but at the same time, it's that, it's quite emotional, isn't it? Like, well, I find it quite emotional. Just that detachment of knowing that she's not with a family member. It's like, oh, that's, yeah, yeah. I find that quite difficult. Um, I, your, your job sounds pretty hectic. How do you find that balance of like family and work? And yeah, talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my, my job is, I'm a 
global youth director for a charity called Alpha. And um, when I took the job, I knew um, the job is to travel around the world and work with different youth directors in different contexts and um, really make sure that what we're doing is listening to you know different um, contexts all around the world. And we don't just create in the West for the rest of the world, but actually like we actually are part of a global organization. So you know, I, when I chatted to my wife before I took the job, I did explain there will be times when I have to travel. And we both sort of um, believed it was, it was the right thing. So I took the job. So there is always times of, of strain and tension, um, you know, times when I'm away um, or even times when Charlie's away. She oversees Europe for A21, which is an anti-human trafficking organization. So I guess this is the conclusion that we've come to. Um, I heard someone say balance is the luxury of the comfortable. And uh, and what the quote sort of saying is that if you want to live to live a balanced life, um, just um, you know you live a very comfortable life. So don't take risks, don't step out of your comfort zone. We don't have kids, and you can see a lot of people actually deciding now not to have kids. You know, I, I've got friends who are my age, and they're like, actually, we don't want kids. We're just going to have a dog. And th- and the really reason is because um, you know that level of uncomfort uh, that comes from having kids, whether it's financial or time and sacrifice. Um, you know, many people are opting not to do that. And I think that's fine. I think everyone can make their own decisions for themselves. But as a parent and as both of us working full time, we just know that balance isn't going to be something that we've always got. It's something that we're going to work really hard on week after week. But when we see those negative, uh, unhealthy signs, we need to sit down and, and have an honest conversation about what we need to change. And for everything you want to say yes to, you need to say no to something else. And so, you know, if we're saying yes to this, we're like, well, what what are we saying no to? What's going to have to sacrifice for us to be able to say yes? And I think for us, communication is massively key for us getting through. You know, week week to week. Yeah, I, I relate to that so much. That's such a good answer because I think so. I work for a church, and like, so my evenings change that I'm working every week. Every week is completely different, um, and it's quite hard to find a rhythm in that. But just like what you're saying, open communication with my wife is just like that is the pinnacle obviously we have a shared calendar and all that all that nonsense but it's actually just constantly reevaluating. and i found as well like my own levels my own energy levels and all that kind of stuff and just seeing where i'm at and seeing where she's at that's almost just as important as just practically where's all the calendar at um yeah but yeah that's that sounds completely relate to that yeah and dan you so you mentioned there that you work for a charity and you mentioned that your wife works for a charity also um my role within our church that we attend is, is purely a voluntary one, voluntary one. Volunt- <laughs> it's easy for me to say it's voluntary. So it's not my job, but there's still evenings that come with that. There's still weekends and it's still, you know, you're arranging stuff outside of your working hours. Is that something that you guys have found? And we talked about this on our last episode that even though we finish work, we don't mentally clock off sometimes. Is that something that yeah. you've struggled with um, in terms of becoming a parent and balancing your job? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was a, a youth pastor. Uh, I was a pastor for about 10 years. And now that I've started working with Alpha last year and a half, I actually, like, it's Monday to Friday, my job and weekends are, I can do whatever I want. And uh, and me and Charlie, we both serve in our local church now where we where we do that. And that's all voluntary, just like yourself. And um, what we've found is that sometimes when you have kids, you've got massive heart to do you know, whatever you can in terms of serving and helping. But your actual capacity is a lot smaller because you've got these kids now to look after and make sure they survive and get through life. And so I think, you know, I guess one piece of advice I'd give to any parent is just because you don't have the same amount of time to give that you used to doesn't mean you don't have the same heart. And um, and so I just say contribute where you 
can stay engaged and connected where you can but don't beat yourself up and, and feel guilty just because you can't do what you used to do because raising kids it's it's seasonal and there'll be another season in the future where you will be able to give a bit more of your time but i think ultimately you know for me i believe you know we serve not to serve now but to serve god and, and god's not looking at how many hours you've clocked he's just looking at your heart and i think really if you don't if you don't manage to do as much as you want to do um he's, he's cool that because he sees what's going on on the inside yeah, for sure. I think the first time I ever said no to something in terms of like, can you do this for us was when I had kids. I just had no more capacity to take anything else on. And again, yeah. that's something we, we mentioned last week. Dan, I just wanted to ask you about social media. So I reached out to you on, on social media about uh, this podcast and you're, you're very active on social media. You've got quite a lot of followers in the tens of thousands. Does that play a part in kind of your parenting at all with what you put on social media? Are you aware or are you mindful of what you put on regarding your kids or has that not changed too much? Because since we've done this podcast, I am constantly double thinking everything we post because it relates to our kids. Is that something that you've struggled right. with before? Yeah. Um, do you know what? Uh, for me, one thing I love about social media is that um, when it was first initiated and created, it was so that you can share your most memorable moments and, uh, and, you know, I always try and encourage people to remember that it is just people's highlights reel. Um, for me, when I look back at my grid and my posts, I get to see all these moments of me and my son and my wife and, my, and our kids. And it's like, I get so much joy of like going back and look at, looking at it. Like, I guess it's like going through your cam- camera roll on your phone, but it's just to get a little bit more, um, you know, just, just your highlights. But I, I think one thing I'm really aware of is that, um, I don't get the phone out when Knox or Nico are crying or screaming or having a tantrum because it just wouldn't be right. You know, imagine they're having a meltdown and you're just there filming it. Um, you wouldn't do that. So ultimately, the phone only ever comes out in the good times, right? When they're smiling, when you're celebrating, and they're the things that you tend to post and share. And I guess what I'm trying to get at is that my social media feed is just one side and it's like the the 10% of of these like mountaintop moments of celebration and smiles and rainbow rainbows and gumdrops and whatever they say. And, and it's just not real. And so I'm very aware that um, I am creating, if someone saw that and else, they would think that, that, that parenting is easy, that, that me and my wife are just hitting it out of the park. And that uh, we're nailing it. Well, the truth is, is that, you know, kind of week to week, we kind of we're really just like praying and seeking advice from our closest friends and learning from struggles and weaknesses. And so, um, you know, I don't know if that answers your question, but I, I just think like hopefully like the world is aware that when any parent sort of like put stuff on social media, there, there's an, there's another side which which people have got no idea about, but it's 100% worth it. <laughs> like all of those great moments definitely outweigh the struggle and the sacrifice. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, I can tell you one parenting mistake you've made. I saw your boys in Chelsea kits. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it was that or my uh, my dad was going to give them Middlesbrough kits. So, you know. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> you made the right choice there. <laughs> yeah. Tell me, Jordan, um, or even you, Jason, as well, like when it comes to your like social media, how are you creating stuff mindful that your kids might see it later on in life or what's going through your mind? Yeah, so I mean, I'm not, I'm not too like active on kind of Instagram or anything like that. Th- this podcast is probably the most open that I've been when it's kind of anything to do with my life, and I think that's more of my response to social media. Of um, just, I just don't use it a lot, and so like my, I have like little albums of my phone, which probably would have been my Instagram 
of like those little highlights. When it comes to the podcast, yeah. I think me and my wife particularly, we try to be as honest as possible, um, publicly honest as possible with the good and the bad. And that's something that we're trying right. to bring our, our daughter up with as well. And so inevitably a lot of my stories will include her, um, not to, not to overshare, but to be honest and to kind of be real with people. Um, I've kind of grown up in a, a sphere where, like you said, like similar to social media, but in the real world, people only talk about the good stuff and they don't really talk about some of the difficulties in it. Um, and I think that's kind of the way that we're trying to parent of that there is bad, but actually there's also good. And sometimes you have to go through the bad to appreciate the good. Um, and so just try not to overshare. Um, me and Jordan spoke a few times about the certain things that we don't want to share, especially on this podcast, because we want to keep them to ourselves. Um, and that's, right. that's, that's amazing. That's great. You know, though, that's part of being a parent. There's some things that just you're supposed to enjoy. Um, but also probably more the, the difficult times I find easier to share because it's, it brings a bit of relief for people to go, Oh yeah, I actually really struggle with that. Um, and it's okay. It's fine. Uh, what about you, Jordan? Yes, I had a bit of a struggle. So I've not been on social media for a few years. I think partly because I worked in it for a while. So it's kind of took the enjoyment out of it for, for me for a bit. Um, and then just spent so much time on there, you know, just scrolling through, looking at stuff that wasn't feeding me in a good way. Um, so I got rid of it. And then when we brought the podcast back, I brought the social media back. And I think I'm really mindful of not embarrassing my kids like when they listen back in a few years and they think, you know, why did you say that? And like there's, you know, the, the, the stories about poos and kids saying funny things, but really I, I'm mindful that I want to share things that are generic to kids, not specifically about my kids' personalities, Yeah, um, right. which, you know, they're really young at the minute. So that's not too much of a, um, a challenge, but it is just mindful. And I think for me, if we ever get any negative comments on like, especially TikTok, TikTok is brutal sometimes. Um, I just think these are, you know, this is my kids and our relationship with our kids. So yeah, I actually got a bit down about it recently when we had one negative comment. I was just thinking, I'm just being honest because we're trying to help people. And I just mm -hmm. remind myself that that is why we're doing this It's to have other people listen to the likes of yourself, Dan saying, you know, we have to sit down with, with my wife and have an honest conversation conversation about, you know, we're struggling with this or I'm not making enough time for this for other people to hear that and say, actually, I'm doing okay. So yeah. Yeah. I'm constantly just reminding myself of the motive and why we do this podcast. Um, if ever it gets a bit too much, cause it's a whole new world for me, really. Yeah. <laughs> love that. Such good advice. So to just uh, backtrack a little bit, Dan, uh, how did you find the jump from one to two? Again, this is, this is probably more for me than for the listeners. What was that yeah. like? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's absolutely nuts. Like, no matter what anyone says to you, it doesn't really prepare you for it. But yet, you do manage just to to, to get through it. Like, the, the joy that the second brings to the household um, outweighs any negative and, and sacrifice. But yeah, like, again, each day is, you know, like this morning, you know, Nico had to go at 8 and then Knox had to go at 8.30. So it's like, who's doing what, run when? Um, you know, last Sunday, or let's just say two weeks ago, um, my wife was working in Madrid. So it was either I look after the kids at home by myself in Madrid or I get to go to Madrid and stay in the hotel with the kids. I'm like, yeah, we're going to Madrid. So we were, we were just there in the hotel. I was looking after the two kids. But on the way home, Knox is like crying his eyes out on the plane saying his ear hurts. 
we didn't know what it was. And so we get him to bed. Um, and then he wakes up the next morning screaming in pain. So 7 a.m. Sunday morning, go down to um, the emergency uh, in the hospital. And uh, they're like, yeah, he's got an ear infection. I have to wait two hours there to get um, the, the meds because they only open at nine. And then I get back home and it's like 11 o'clock. Then he's on the meds. And we're like, right, let's get about what we planned for the day. And it's just like um, with two what no one really tells you is that you just always have to be so flexible and you need to be uh, ultimately as much as you can, a really good decision maker. And when I say good, it doesn't mean you're going to make the right decisions all the time, but I think uh, just in the moment to be able to make quick decisions. So it's like, right, he's, he's got an ear infection or well, his ear hurts. What's the thing? Is it like a bit of cow pollen bed? Or is it, oh, no, we're going to go down to hospital tonight. And just to be able to be flexible with, with your life and being able to, say, oh, we're not going to be able to make that barbecue because this has come up now and being okay with those sort of things and maybe letting other people down to keep these two little kids alive. Um, it's just sort of part of it. But um, it's, it's amazing. I definitely, we're stopping at two, but uh, I can see why, <laughs> I, I see why people have more. Oh, did you struggle? Brilliant. Did you struggle down with like the whole lack of sleep with the newborn and lack of sleep in the, the day with, your, you know, with your oldest as well? Because that, that really hit me hard. Yeah, yeah, I totally did. But I just, um, I just started going to bed really early. And I know not everyone can do this because of a lot, of, a lot of different reasons. But I just, even now, I put the kids to bed at seven thirty, and I'm like, right, babe, I'm going to bed. And I'll be in bed, maybe reading for a bit, or we'll, we'll chat and stuff. But we we eat with the kids at five thirty. Um, they're in bed at seven thirty, and like me and Charlie are sort of in bed by about eight o'clock, and we've got from eight to nine by ourselves. And then nine o'clock, I'm I'm out. Like I literally say goodnight, and she gets so annoyed because I'm snoring in like two minutes, and then I'm up at five a.m. when Nico wakes, so she knows that I, I I go to bed early so that I can get up and do the early early shift. You just threw away a comment there. Five a.m. wake up is that is that the norm at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what's wrong with the kid, but yeah, if you could have a chat to him, that'd be great. <laughs> Do you want to think? I think you're at about 5am at the moment, aren't you? Oh, I don't know what's going on. I, I don't know what's happened, but he just wakes up in the middle of the night now and thinks it's morning. Right. It's, it's <laughs> horrific. It's so hard. Yeah. But yeah, and then once once he's up, he's up. If it's any time after 4.30, he is awake. And therefore, yeah. I am awake. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not, it's not the best. I said last week on the podcast, we were doing like a creative session at work and I threw an idea in the mix and my boss just looked at me almost in disgust and said, are you tired? It's like, yeah, I'm, I am running on empty today, but you, you adapt, don't you? you? You get, you get used to it. And That's now it. we're just kind of changing his bedtime. We're changing his nap time, trying to see what works. And something that you actually said, Dan when we um, DM'd you about coming on the pod was that you've learned a lot by failing and yeah. kind of like a little, a little joke there, but a lot of it is trial and error, isn't it? And at the minute mm. with bedtimes, we're failing more than we're <laughs> succeeding. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's it. Go along those lines, Dan, what's, what's one of the kind of key things that you've learned, the kind of best, best bits of advice that since becoming a parent? Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm always learning. I'm, whenever I'm with another dad and stuff, I'm always just like, oh, you know, what do you think about this? What about that? Um, but I, um, both my dad and my stepdad, when I was growing up, they're both amazing, uh, amazing men. Um, but like they never, they never were vulnerable or shared about their weaknesses or their failures to me. Like they were sort of like these perfect um, people. And, you know, you know, I guess, you know, because they never told me about their weaknesses or their failures, I just assumed that they didn't have any failures or weaknesses, you know? And so they kind of 
portray this false um, you know, lifestyle, which isn't achievable. Um, so with Knox, I, I want him to know that I'm not a super dad. You know, I'm not perfect. And, you know, when I um, when I do make a mistake, um, Charlie will call me out sometimes in front of Knox, depending on what I've done, to say I've spoken a bit bluntly or rudely um, or I've acted in a way and Charlie will be like, damn, that's not cool. You don't want to do, be doing that in front of Knox. And I'll be like, hey, mate, um, yeah, I just did this in front of you and that's not the sort of dad I want to be or, or how I wanted to act. And he's like, right, cool. I'm, I said, I'm just going to go and sit on the, we got this like little step for timeout. We'll say he, we call it thinking time. So he goes for thinking time to think about his behavior. I said, I'm just going to go and have a minute on thinking time and then I'll come back. And, and I don't know if that's wrong or right. I haven't read any books about this or anything like that, but I just, I wanted him to know that, um, you know, the same rules that we have for him, if there's a behavior which is going to have a negative effect on someone, you have to go in thinking time. And if I act in a way where it's going to have a negative effect on someone, I'll put myself in thinking time. And I mean, he was just buzzing for the whole night. He couldn't believe it that daddy was in thinking time. But I, but that that's, that's, that's an example of like how I hope I'll be able to, you know, I guess live out the rest of my, you know, fatherhood that, you know, that the boys will know that I'm not a perfect dad and I'll be honest and open with my weaknesses along the way. Oh, I think that's that's so good. One of the things I actually learned from Jordan since doing the podcast, really, um, we were chatting about like discipline or something, and uh, Jordan just said once, oh, I, just, I shouted and then I had to go and explain why I'd shouted and I was a sorry. And the other day, like, we've been watching Super Nanny just to kind of re-educate ourselves like how to do discipline. We brought out the uh, the naughty step. I might change it to the thinking step. That's That's quite cool. I'm going to change that. Um, but like I got, I got frustrated and I shouted and I literally had to go and apologize to my two-year-old daughter and explain the whole thing. Look, this is why I shouted, but it wasn't right. I'm sorry. And then she's like, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Dan, that's a, that's a really great, um, great piece of advice there. And um, to, to end on, I think so. Once again, thank you for your time and, and coming on the Parents and Tours podcast. We really do, do appreciate it. Hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, guys. Really appreciate it and keep doing what you're doing. Because I know there's a lot of dads like myself who appreciate what you're doing. Smashing. Thank you so much to, to Dan. Amazing. Thank you so much, Dan, for coming on the podcast. George, there were some proper good nuggets in there, weren't there? Really good nuggets. I, I love the idea of the thinking step. Oh, I, I think I'm going to steal it. Do you, think, do you think it works the other way around? That when I'm, the think, when I'm on the thinking step, no one can bother me? Yeah. Take yourself a book and just sit on the thinking step. (laughs) (laughs) Take your Xbox to the thinking step. (laughs) Yeah, amazing. Thank you again to to Dan for giving us your time today. Really, really do appreciate it. Amazing. If you want to get in touch with us, please do let us know your stories, your comments, or or your thoughts at Parents and Tools Pod on TikTok and on Instagram. And you can Gmail us at parentsandtoolspod at gmail.com. Amazing. We will see you next week. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. 
Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.